Hey, teacher friends, we L-O-V-E love having you as listeners, and we couldn't do our show without you. Did you know that we have a supporter page? If you'd like to support the podcast because you are totally awesome, check out our supporter link in the show notes. In true teacher fashion, we're calling it gold stars because, you know, star charts and we're teachers and gold stars for you. We'll be doing shout outs for supporters. So if you love yourself some gold stars, check out our supporter page in the show notes today. Hey there, we're Megan, Lauren, and Lindsay. We're three teacher advocates who've been where you are and know what you're going through. We believe that teachers are as important to the education system as the curriculum. And our goal is to support you as a teacher and a person. This is everything your teacher prep didn't prepare you for. Welcome to Real Teaching 101. Hello, teacher friends. Welcome. I don't give the creepy action or go, so I just get to start and it's not weird. Hi, guys. Hey. I like the creepy action go. Lauren like shouted something random at me. That's I was just going to ask, what was that? I because it, made it was like me Ninja Go like, or something. I have oh, no go idea. Go Ninja Go. Yes, that's what it wait, was. Wait, wait, wait. You don't know what Go Ninja? You should know what Go Ninja Go is. No, Are Teenage Mutant me? Ninja Turtles. I never Teenage watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So they would always say Go Ninja Go. She's I know young. I forget this, but she's, she's not young. that young. I'm Don't not shoot my retinol on your face, and and well, Lindsay has to YouTube what it is that we're talking about. Guys, we just talked about how my back is hurting now. I've entered that phase where I just have random aches and pains. I'm not young anymore. It's not a young person's game. I'm what year were you born again? 92. Oh, my God. You're not that much older than me then. No. No. no I mean, not. I was already getting my first communion and going to confession. I had already sinned enough in the eyes of the church that I needed to go to confession when you were born. So that's saying something. My favorite thing is, for anybody who doesn't know, it's a Catholic thing, sacrament of going to confession and confessing your sins to the priest. It's officially reconciliation now, isn't it? Yes. Because confession yeah. is too guilty. Well, mm. It's but the yeah, same so it is, thing. It is yeah, oh, same. it's definitely so the same it's thing. It's called reconciliation. But it, anywho, so it's going to confession. But when my first two years teaching, I taught second grade. And so I did first communion and reconciliation with the students. And they'd be like, I don't have any sins. I haven't done anything. I'm like, really? Nothing? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, I just want that confidence. Like going in there like, I mean, I'm fine. I don't know about you, buddy. But I mean, I'm... <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm cleared. I'm good to go. I don't remember how we started talking about this. Oh, because I was a sinner a lot when Lindsay was born. Correct. Sorry. My ADHD brain had to come around and remember <laughs> how did we get to where we are? Oh, well, that's okay. Let's just rein it back in now. So we're doing a kind of an interesting episode, which is all about me, which um, yay. yay, which is really exciting. So I work at a school and we have a phenomenal summer school program. It's six weeks and the kids get to take all sorts of classes. We have super academic classes like test prep classes. We have math boot camp, English remediation type things. We also have really fun things like intro to stage combat and improv theater and like musical theater and uh, using the cricket and printmaking. So there's a whole lot of stuff that is out there. I have said that about our classes. It's a thing that I wish I could enroll in as an adult. And I actually jumped into the printmaking class and I learned how to screen print something because that was a goal of mine. So Hmm. I used the Cricut plus the printmaking class to learn how to make a print. 
more about me than I was planning. But what I was getting around to sharing was that I was the photographer. So my job was to go around to all of these classes and take pictures. So I was essentially observing a barrage of different classes and a barrage of different teachers. And I learned a lot of really fascinating things that I wanted to take the opportunity to share just because it's back to school. And I thought maybe an outsider's perspective might be a really interesting educational topic. So that's what brought us here today. Awesome. I'm so excited. Lindsay, do you have any photography experience? No, I use the Zoom, the different Zoom buttons on my iPhone. That's about it. I can filter things. Yeah. That a girl. That a girl. I did take photography in high school and we did have a dark room. Did you guys have a dark room, Lauren? I had a dark room in high school. I never used it. I didn't take photography in high school. Oh, I did. And then it had, it had like a spinny door. It was really cool. Like you'd had to you'd have to like walk in and then spin the door. But I ended up taking something like 3000 pictures over oh 6 God. weeks. Wow. I know. I walked all across our campus. I had one day this out of 6 weeks where I walked fewer than 12,000 steps and that was only just yesterday. So, I've seen a whole lot of things and I think the one thing that I learned that was really interesting is immediately you can tell community when you walk into a classroom. And these are teachers who don't normally teach at our school. So it's not as if they know our students any better or any worse. We have students who come from all sorts of different schools, but you can immediately tell kind of what type of one they are based on like their location in the classroom and how students are. So we have students who are facing the front with the teacher at the front. And then we had people who would rearrange it into a square or a circle or even take their kids outside, which was always really interesting because from a photography standpoint, the ones who didn't stand in the front of the classroom and were out doing things always made the most interesting pictures. And I would guess that they were probably giving an engaging lesson as well. Yes. And that usually went hand in hand too, which was body language of students. And we kind of talked a little bit about this in our last episode of active listening and things like that, Mm -hmm. but how engaged the students were. You could also immediately tell based on were they slumped over? Were they on their Apple watch? I saw one girl crocheting throughout the whole class in a class that was Ah, not a crochet class. My kind Um, of girl. (laughs) She was my kind of girl, but the teacher was just going on and on and on and on. And she was just crocheting and crocheting and crocheting because the teacher and me would have been like, put that away. Right. But maybe she listens better doing that. Uh, Maybe. Only because that's how my brain works. Sometimes my hands have to be doing something. Did you find, Lauren, that like the more academically rigorous courses had less engagement and those teachers did like the more traditional style of teaching or was it kind of a mix? No, it was kind of a mix of it. But no, because the ones that were doing things that were like test prep classes were doing a lot of games. And I'm not talking like Kahoot type of games, but good old fashioned ones like bingo. And and those kids were really interested in what it is that they were doing. And I think that just goes to show how you present something and getting the kids thinking about it and doing something really makes a difference, which I feel like is teaching 101, no duh, but not everybody does it. So it can't totally be a no duh. And you saying that speaks so highly for those teachers. And I think it's a great example of no matter what the content is, teachers can be engaging 
and finding ways and, you know, to mm-hmm. to get that content to come across to their students. And just because something is considered fun doesn't mean it's an easy thing to teach, I guess, is the point that I'm trying to make and vice yeah, versa. Totally. I don't know if you can tell us what the pictures and photos were for. So they were for uh, a few things. Parent knowledge, kind of like the way we um, as parents might get uh, like remind stuff on remind, you know, like this is what your kid was doing throughout the day for that. Another one is for internal purposes and then marketing promotion. So it was multifaceted as to what it was there for. But I always was thinking about when I was taking my pictures, if I was a parent, what would I be asking my kid? If I saw them in this picture, I would want to be like, oh, what did you do in that class? What were you writing? What were you learning? What were you laughing about? What what was the thing? And that was somewhat hard to do. Have you guys seen the meme online? And it's this one mom and she was like, I asked my son what he did at school today and he said nothing. And then later on, his teacher uploaded a picture of him holding an alligator to the <laughs> Instagram or something. It's I, That could be completely wrong. But it was something along those lines. And I'm like, 100%. Because at the end of the day, I'd always ask the kids, like, what was your favorite part about today? And lunch, recess. I'm like, really? I am exhausted. Like, Mm -hmm. we, you know, blew something up in science class and played with a robot and all these other things. And like, lunch, lunch was your favorite. PE, that was your favorite thing. I love sharing pictures like that. And even I do too. Yeah. I know it's hard, especially when, you know, it's just the teacher in the classroom. So I I love that they specifically had you come in to do that separately because I think that takes that pressure off. But I I love that. I think anytime you can share pictures, regardless of the age of the kids, little ones, middle school, high school, I think that's great. Did did a lot of parents interact. I don't use the Remind app, so I don't know how that works. Is it No, and we didn't use Remind either. We used a separate one, but there was some statistic that I was given. And and this is this only the second year that they've done this type of photography thing, and this is the first year that they had photographers instead of teachers doing it. So, granted, these are kind of like brand new statistics, but there was something like 17,000 unique interactions across all of the pictures that we took. They either shared it to their camera, they emailed it to themselves, they did something with it. So there were definitely parents that were there looking at things, but how many of them, I don't totally know. Mm -hmm. But regardless of that fact, I think it's always knowledge is power. Like the alligator story. If, If you knew that your kid was touching an alligator, that's clearly your dinner conversation thing. That you can talk yeah. about. And that's one thing I wish I did more as a teacher myself, which was take a lot more pictures so that there was that touch point. Because now that I'm a parent and my daughter's school uses Remind, but she's going into kindergarten where that's not going to be the case anymore. I had so much information about her day that I was able to talk to her about that I'm like, crud, it's going to go away and I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully her teacher does that something similar. Like I always had, you know, either on Google Classroom or like a Weebly class website where I would try to post pictures. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't an everyday thing, but anytime we did anything for science or sometimes if they were just having a really good time outside or like built a cool thing out of sticks, it got to the point where like the kids would come up and be like, can you take this picture and send it to my mom? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yes. I had a lot of kids who were like, can you take a picture of this? Take a picture of what I drew. Watch me off the high dive. Like it it was this really exciting thing of seeing kids be excited about the things that they were able to do, which 
was in a lot of the different classes. It was in some of the STEM classes. It was in some of the English classes. I I feel like sometimes our students don't get that excited during the year. It felt like Mm -hmm. this little summertime treasure that I would just pose the question to our listeners of how could you capture that type of thing in your day to day that you might get students who are like, can, can you show my mom? Do you think it has to do, and I don't know if you guys do grades for summer school, is it is it something about there being less pressure, like that it's not graded, that it's more like, you know, they're learning or developing the skill out of interest? I think I don't that know. might be a part of it because, I mean, I, I bet parents wanted them to be in some classes or the other, but for some of the less academic classes, the, you know, kids could probably opt into that and it sounded fun and interesting. And I think that that's almost an element that's missing in our regular year is we feel like we have to cram so much really academic stuff, but the non-academic stuff is just as valuable to them being a person than other things. Like it seems like we're almost fighting for time in class. And I don't know, I I guess that's easier said than done from the outsider's perspective, which is like, do something fun that interests the kids. But no, but you bring up a really good point because here's the thing. I mean, we're all teachers it's teachers listening to this. I don't think there's many people out there who don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like right now, teachers are not in a place where they can. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's because of the amount of testing they have to do. Maybe that's because of like scores that they have to get, or even how intensely some places micromanage, you know, even teachers lesson plans and, and what you're allowed to do when my sister was in a school once where she had her kids color a picture that went along with their writing for their bulletin board. And they came and made her take down the coloring because it was not designated time for coloring. It was only supposed to be writing time. So they couldn't have the color picture up there on the bulletin board. Like that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So I feel like saying this, I don't want to put that on teacher's shoulders because everything is on teacher's shoulders, but like, you know, not everything has to be this intense, rigorous, you know, math, math, math kind of thing. It can, there can be fun. It's okay if they smile and laugh, they can still be learning. And here's the thing, like we're trying to to develop the whole child. And we know how important that is now because everyone is having to teach social emotional learning Mm -hmm. when maybe if that kind of thing had never been taken out of schools in the first place and kindergartners were still having, you know, learning centers and playing, like maybe that wouldn't be something that we have to specifically teach to students now. Like maybe if we were giving them more of that time for play and developing their own interest and you know, things like that. But I, sorry, I'm on like a soapbox now of all these (laughs) strong feelings, but you just make such a good example of like, look at how engaged students are when they had a little bit of choice in their learning. And I don't know, just maybe even feeling like what they were doing, just that they were proud of it and wanted you to share it with their families. I don't know. I just love that. Yeah. And I think that you make a really good argument for a lot of project-based learning. And we've talked about that before. And it's a lot of work for you as a teacher. Like I'm I'm not saying it's not, but it is a really valuable ex- experience for students. I always get told when I, I have 
old students who contact me and they're like, miss, remember when we made this in class? Remember when I made that pyramid or the sarcophagus? Like they <laughs> love that stuff. Like that's what sticks with them. And the fact that that kid can still remember that it's called a sarcophagus is a win enough, you know? <laughs> so like, I really, really think there's a ton of value in project-based learning. And so I say integrate that as much as you can, because number one, they're making something and that always gets more buy-in. Um, and then you will have more of those moments. Like, can you show my mom that I made this? Or can you show my, you know, my guardian that, you know, I, I presented on this, like they, they get excited about those things. So do it if you can. Did you ever have anybody who was like, please don't take a picture of this? I had, um, one person say, please don't, please don't. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get it. Because that's another thing. We live in a world where everything is photographed, right? Right. Pixar right. didn't happen. But I, I also wanted to be respectful of the, you know, face turn away yeah. and things like that. Because it's not my job also to like, no, I'm photographing you. Right. No, that makes sense. I had a little boy one time who was like, because I was forever taking pictures of them for the reasons I stated before, because I, you know, would send them to parents and stuff like that. And I had a little boy one time and he was like, will you not send that to my mom? Because she told me not to wear these shoes in the ditch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I got you, buddy. No worries. Two more things that I can learn uh, that I had learned off the top of my head, or maybe not two. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And one of those was that these things, these uh, the summer happened in two, three-week sessions. And so at the end of the three weeks, some of classes would be doing these culminating activities or these performances. And I was always so impressed at how much was accomplished in three-week increments. We very much often think of units in four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, but thinking about maybe shorter timeframes for projects or learning and seeing how much you can actually do at the end of that amount of time as a showcase or something. I just want to plant in teachers' minds. Maybe it's just a different way to rethink how you're teaching something. And with that being said, the showcase piece or bringing parents in, like we would invite parents in for our dance performances or for a few of the other things, and they would show up and be so excited. So it's this combination of shortening the amount of time for an expected learning and having that be shown to their loved ones and how much they like to be involved. Talk about building community right there. I know that's definitely something I want to try to do more this year. I feel like everything with COVID made any type of community involvement or or family involvement really difficult. And it, that I feel like has been a hard transition for me, bringing things back, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like trying totally. to yeah, have times like when parents can come in or I don't know. And and the other issue is I feel like security is just such a hard Mm -hmm. thing right now. I don't know. It's just really tricky. And I know you can't plan for everything, but that's definitely like something that I want to try to Right. A valid concern or something to think about if this is something where you're getting excited, but then there's a drawback to it. Totally. There's a teacher, and I can't remember their handle for the life of me, but um, who gets a consent at the beginning of the year from the parents, and parents can opt in or opt out. And when they have presentation days, the teacher will live stream the presentation on their private Instagram that like the parents are on, so it's only parents who can see this, and they can lo- they can like go in and watch the presentation live just. 
remotely. And so I think that's that's a nice add-on in this age of technology that you could put, potentially offer some parents. I know it's not for everybody and it's not the same, but it is a workaround to not having them come into the actual building. Well, and that's a good thing with Weebly too, is it's password protected. So, and I don't know if there's like, I don't know if there's like a feature like that, but for posting pictures and things, because we always every year have parents sign, you know, waivers for photographs. And every year there's always some who don't want their children photographed, which is fine. Right. Um, but when it would come to like just our pictures in the classroom, like those parents still wanted their kids included. And it was a password protected website that I would just give the password to the, you know, family members of of the class. So that was always nice. Yeah. Okay. Last thing. And this is a, a benefit that I had kind of recognized when I took this job. And I'm so glad that I did, which is how much you learn about teaching from watching other teachers. I've been teaching for 15 years and I learned so many new tips and strategies and just ways to handle things that for teachers, we don't normally get to do because we're in our classroom. So this is maybe a a plea to administration, which is to relieve your teachers so that they can go and watch other people teach or get your personal teaching community going so that you can really swap ideas because being able to learn from other people is so, so very valuable. And I got a lot of ideas that I'm going to take back to my staff and be like, oh, this is something you can, this is an activity that you can use. This is it. And I didn't take it. I don't need the credit for it, but I just wanted to be able to share it because there's so many good things that are out there. The other thing I love is I love that you, here's like a hobby that people would not think is maybe like associated with teaching, but look at all of these things you learned from, Mm -hmm. you know, a hobby of something that you were interested in. And I love that because I think like there are so many things, like no matter what it is that you're interested in, there's ways to pull and use it in your everyday life. And I just think that's overall a great lesson for anybody, kids, teachers, admin, everybody. Totally. No, I was just going to say, this sounds like it was a really good experience. And I'm really glad that you got to be there for the six weeks and see all the like the joy the kids had. And and you Me learned too. a lot. Yeah, I sure did. It was so great. In honor of kind of thinking about how my school runs their program, my, my ending question to you is, if you could teach a class on anything, that is of interest to you, what would your class, what would you teach to whatever grade level you're jiving with at this current moment? Okay. So the first one that comes to mind would be almost like a detective club, maybe with some older students where, because you guys know how I feel about my true crime. So like, I'm not necessarily saying that there would be like a fake murder or something, but I feel like almost like not escape room, but somewhere where they would have to use like logical reasoning, teamwork, things like that to kind of solve a problem. So I I have heard of a couple other schools that have, I don't know if they call it a detective club, but something like that. I think that would be super, super fun. Yeah. I I don't know if you guys had anything like this when where you've taught before, but it's, it was called Odyssey of the Mind. Yes. Oh, okay. no. Yes. I, I love it. And I did it as a kid. They basically give you a problem and you compete with all these other schools and you guys have to build something and you put on this like whole skit and there's this whole theme around your project that solves this problem or question. And then you go and you present it at your local competition. And if you win that one, you go to state. It's a very, very cool. And it doesn't have to be that to that extent, but just to have like a group of kids or groups of kids do solving the same problem in different ways, it would be really, really interesting. 
I think now they call it DI, Destination oh. Imagination. At least that's okay. what they do here in Maryland. We have DI. I oh loved it as a kid. It yeah, I did too. I did it when I was younger. But there's all different. And it's like lots of different age groups can do it. Yeah. And um, there's – it's really cool. Sorry, I'm not doing it justice right now. My brain is tired. But no, <laughs> that's a good one. I agree. Lauren, what would yours be? So two came to my mind off the top of my head. And one would be very simply jigsaw puzzles because I feel like they're a dying art and – they're a level of patience that you need to do it if you've got like a thousand piece working together as a group and learning how to like literally solve the puzzle, I think sounds fun. And the other one is, <sighs> I call it So You Want to Be a Pop Star, um, but I, I, I'm I not like a singer. I can't really sing. Um, I can sing into my hairbrush. But I think about like what it takes to be that way. Like you have to be able to have performance and have the confidence to be up on stage and people have the ability to talk um, make small talk with people and, and like have, I don't know. I, I see it in this terms of like, how do you learn to turn on certain parts of your personality for some sort of gain and, and pop star just happens to be what it is. So like learning I how to lip that. sync and be on stage Fun. and create a personality and maybe well, that's just like me coming through, but yeah. No, like a confidence thing. Yeah. Like but without um, it being like full social emotional, like it's social emotional learning disguised as uh, pop stars. <laughs> there you go. As like a lip sync battle. <laughs> yeah, kind of, sort of with other things in there. I was uh, kind of brainstorming this as I was thinking like, what can I do in three weeks? That's interesting for me. It would be interesting for the kids and so on and so forth. But maybe that or knitting or crocheting because I do yep. that too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Same. Yep. I've done knitting clubs with the kids before. My mom's done that too. It's always a big hit knitting club. Also like a Lego club is always really Mm -hmm. fun. Giving them like Lego challenges. I always love things like that because they come up with things that I would never think of every time I think I've stumped them. Nope. Nope. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah. So as we end this episode, just maybe think about your year um, coming up. Maybe you've learned a few ideas, gotten a few ideas, or maybe just the idea of what would my classroom look like if someone were to come in and photograph it, just to get you thinking about maybe small tweaks and changes if you're jiving with it. Thank you all so much for being with us today, and stick with us next time. We have a new episode coming out soonish, I think. <laughs> I don't know. It'll drop when it drops. We love you all. Thank you, listeners, and we'll see you next time. Before you leave us today, know that you're appreciated and we know you're doing everything you can. Let's stay in touch. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at RealTeaching101 or email us at RealTeaching101 at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Ambitious Ed. Thanks for listening today and we'll see you next class.